you have your Bibles this morning, open them up to Haggai, the Old Testament, right before, uh, be the third book before Matthew, Haggai. He said, uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, the last couple months, we have been on a theme in John, teaching through John, and I haven't, uh, I haven't been distracted here, but uh, this, um, I don't know, I read through this book, which is actually a, an easy book to read through. If you want to read a book of the Bible, this is one of them that would be an easy one to read through in one setting, two chapters here. Uh, but my goodness, it's just uh, some stuff come out, jumped out of this, uh, it's kind of fresh, new. And uh, I got a blessing out of it, and would hope that uh, would hope that you could. To Haggai is one of a group of three prophets in the post uh, cap- captivity books. So, just a little background on Haggai: Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. These are the these are the last three books there in your. Old Testament that's, like I said, the, the post-captivity books, meaning as the Jews came out of captivity in Babylon, back into their, into their land, um, these prophets prophesied during this time. So these, are the, these prophets are the last words of the Lord, the last words of God, um, in the Old Testament to his people, they brought about the close of the Old Testament. And Haggai is known as the businessman prophet. That's what he's been called. Uh, his style was short, plain, to the point. He preached, uh, his ministry lasted basically four months. He preached four messages. Uh, during those four months, and if you read Haggai, each one is dated. There's four messages that he preached, it's dated, each one. And this morning, we're going to try and cover all, all four messages in one message. So this hopefully will be short and to the point as well. But the real desire of this message, more than that, is that it is received the same way that Haggai's message was received. The, the prophet that was before Haggai was Jeremiah. Jeremiah prophesied before the Jews, the children of Israel, went into captivity in, in Babylon, and his message was not received. Jeremiah preached to a bunch of hard-hearted people. They hated his message. They hated him. They derided him. They scorned him. They persecuted him. They were ripe for for judgment. Jeremiah, when he preached, uh, he warned them of the judgment, warned them to repent. They would not, so therefore they did go into captivity uh, for 70 years. But this, this group of people that Haggai talked to was different. They had a different character. Now, as we read this and as we study this book, we find out that that the main purpose, one of the purposes for Haggai's preaching and prophesying 
was that the people had got off track. They had neglected the Lord's house. They had neglected to build the temple to finish it. And uh, so he is sent in to preach and to get them back on track, right? As the word of the Lord. But the, but the difference is, is they immediately received the message and there was great fruitfulness because of their receiving, believing uh, the message that the prophet... They had a heart to seek God. They had a heart for His Word. And the results are different. They had neglected what the Lord had called them to do. And they had put all their focus, coming back into the land, on their farms, on their own houses, um, on their own businesses. In other words, they had, they had substituted the best thing for good things. And we can do that too. We can focus on good things and forget the best thing. The best thing. God's encouragement here in Haggai was, was plain that the people might build the house of the Lord. And the message that you and I can get from this as we study this is the encouragement to us in getting the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world and in, in building up the church of the living God to bring people to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Just again, uh, by you know, way of uh, um, history, there, were, there was three, three temples... In, uh, in biblical times, in Bible times in Israel, um, there was the temple that Solomon built, which was beautiful, gorgeous, was destroyed, right? And then there was the second temple in Israel that was rebuilt. That was during this time that we're going to be talking about now, which you could call Zerubbabel's or, or, or Ezra's temple. And by the way, again, I, I'm going through a lot of history as we get into this setting the stage. But this Haggai could be set, if you were to read uh, Ezra, it could be kind of set right in the middle of Ezra. Uh, to kind of get in the, the context. Uh, uh, Zerubbabel being the governor that was sent back. Ezra being the scribe. Uh, so there's three temples. Oh, the third temple was Herod's temple, which was the temple that was standing uh, when Christ was here, when Christ came. That was the temple that uh, Christ would have been in. And there's another temple coming. And we thank God for that. It's, it's been prophesied and that we know that uh, Jesus Christ will come and sit on the throne of David for an eternal kingdom. The prophecies, just as, uh, as it was prophesied in these 70 years of captivity, uh, they did go into captivity just as it was prophesied, but they kind of went in in three different groups. Uh, the Jewish people, and they came back. They were permitted to come back into the land um, in three different groups, but um, exactly 70 years. The first group that came back in was Zerubbabel, uh, which we're going to read about. Uh, and his, his brought a group of people. He was the governor. He brought a, a group of people back to rebuild the temple. And then Ezra comes back, um, and he brings a group, and he is uh, his purpose 
is to reestablish temple worship. And then the last group, and probably the one that most of us are the most familiar with, and the last one was Nehemiah, who came back to rebuild the walls. And so as you're kind of getting this context of the message, again, I said Haggai preached four messages in, uh, in a matter of four months, all of them dated here, and they could be broken down. His messages could be t- titled something like a Conviction, of sin, uh, courage to do what God had called him to do, cleanness, uh, purity in life and closeness and fellowship with their one true God, and then completion of finishing the work that God had called him to do. So look with me as you're opened up in Haggai. Um, He's prophesying in verse 1 to Zerubbabel, the governor. In verse 2, Haggai chapter 1 and verse 2, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, it, it, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house, talking about the house of the Lord, lie waste. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. That's a theme throughout Haggai's preaching. Consider your ways. He says, it, he says consider, consider your ways. I think five times in this short, short book. He says, consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little. You eat and you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into the bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. He's saying, listen, consider the the ways that you're heading. Consider your direction. God's blessed you. He's allowed you to come back into the land, but He's called you to... Uh, build the Lord's house. He's called you to work with the Lord. And, and, and you kind of lost focus and began putting the focus on your own homes, your own businesses, your own fields, your own farms. And he says, and, and it's like you're spinning your wheels. You're planting, but you're not getting enough. You ever feel like that? You're working hard, but you feel like you're not getting anywhere. The Lord's saying, listen, you're doing all these things. You're going out to earn wages, but you're putting it in a bag with holes. It's like it's going somewhere. You don't know where it's going, right? We're working hard. It just seems like no matter what we're doing, it's not being productive. And the Lord's saying through the prophet, hey, consider your ways. Pay attention. Maybe there's a different way, a different focus, a different priority. He's saying to the people. He says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 7, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Wow. Lord says, just the fact, just the fact that the Lord would meet with us. Just the fact that the Lord would say, hey, you could build something that I could come and I could be glorified in this temple, glorified in this house. Uh, I want to fellowship with you. I want to be with you. He says, go up to the mountain, get some wood, build the house, finish the house. He says in verse 9, 
you looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Yea, but why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. They're saying, hey, listen, we're trying, we're trying so hard, but we're unproductive. Uh, we're planting the seed. We're doing everything right that we're supposed to do, but it just doesn't seem like it's getting anywhere. The Lord's saying, hey, consider your ways. Have you noticed this in your own life? He says in, 11, in verse 11, He says, And I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of your hands. He calls for the governor. He calls for all the people. He says, hey, listen, come and, and fear the Lord. Verse 13, Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you. I don't think that there's any greater blessing than we as people could seek after. And God's saying, I am with you. I am with you. And listen, we have the same promise. This isn't just a promise to God's people in the Old Testament. The Lord has promised us, I am with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's promised His Spirit to indwell us. The Lord is with us, He says. I am with you, saith the Lord. Verse 14, And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shittiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of uh, Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did the work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. The first point here is as the Lord comes and, and speaks to the people through the prophets, you know what happened? They were stirred up. I, I know that I think a couple of years ago I preached a message about being stirred up. But, but wouldn't you agree that we need this message from time to time? That inside of us, that sometimes if we're not careful, if we're not uh, intentional, that our priorities can go off on things that aren't bad. Things that aren't uh, uh, hurtful, but certainly maybe aren't what is the priority. And from time to time, it's good to have a message to say, listen, we need stirred up. Hey, consider our own ways. Matthew, just as the song that we sang this morning, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Again, I'm not trying to... I know you, there's a fine line here, and I'm not trying to act like that if we put uh, the Lord first in everything in our, in our lives, then you know, our homes are just going to be great, and our businesses are just going to flourish, and, and our finances, and everything that we do, everything that we touch is going to turn to gold. There's a fine line here. I'm not trying to say that, but I am saying that this principle works. This principle is true. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things 
shall be added unto you. That if we put God first, that if we seek Him first, listen, the things that we do, if God would help us in our stuff, wow, if He is with us and He begins to multiply what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish, He can do a whole lot better than we can, can He? You sit there and you say, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like my time is is consumed with all these sort of things. Hey, maybe it's time to stop and consider our ways and say, listen, I need to be stirred up for the work of the Lord, stirred up for the things of God. In 2 Peter, Peter writing to the believers in in chapter 3 and verse 1, he said, the second epistle, beloved, I write unto you in both which I... Stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Sometimes remembering what Jesus Christ has done for us. Remembering the gospel. Remembering our sins that are forgiven. Remembering the promises. The promises that God has given us. You know, we start remembering what God has said for us and to us. The promises of God. It'll begin to stir up our hearts. He says that ye may be mindful of the words which we have spoken by the holy prophets and the commandments of the apostles of the Lord are saying, you know what stirs us up sometimes? It's God's Word. God's Word, being in His Word. You say, how is it that I can turn my focus when so many things, I, I know this, there are so many things when we leave here that are going to be grabbing and calling for our attention, right? There's so many things, especially Monday morning. As soon as it, as soon as things start happening, there's going to be all these things calling for our attention. How is it that we can set out the day setting God first and His kingdom first? Spending time, spending time with the Lord in prayer, spending time with the Lord in His Word, being mindful of what He's saying having an eternal mindset, eternally minded. He says in Haggai uh, chapter 2 and verse 4, he says not only, uh, not only consider your ways and, and, and your priorities, but then Haggai 2.4, he says, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O uh, uh, just uh, Joshua the son of Jehozadak the high priest and be strong all ye people of the land saith the Lord and work for I am with you saith the Lord of hosts the Lord has always always been calling his people to his work he's always been calling his people to his work and, and, and it's a privilege It's a privilege to think that the Lord would call us to be co-laborers with Him. Right? He would call us to His building. The Lord is building the church. You say, what are you talking about when you're talking about building the church? Uh, He is using us to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. He's using us to be a light in this world, to, to bring others to Christ, to bring others hope. I am convinced that without Christ, there's no hope. 
How do people go through this life and go through the problems and the pain that comes because of sin? How do people go through loss and all these sort of things without the hope of Jesus Christ? And you and I are the bearers of this good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you know what it sometimes takes? It takes us deciding to be in the work. Deciding to be co-laborers with Christ and saying, Lord, I will. I'll surrender. He says in this verse, he says, I am with you, fear not. You know what happens when we start thinking about whatever it is that the Lord has called us to do, whatever it is the, the Lord's telling us to do? Fear comes, right? And what, what is it that overcomes fear? Faith. Faith. The Lord's saying, listen, you have to believe that I am with you. You have to believe that I am with you and the things that I've called you to do, you will be able to do through my strength and through my power. Look at Haggai chapter 2 and verse 18. He says, Consider now from this day and upward. Maybe we would say it this, maybe we'd say it this way. From this day forward, right? From this day till the rest of my life. He said, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day of the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. He said, he's put a, he put a date on it. He put a date on it. I, when the Lord sometimes, when He'll speak to me, to be praying about something, or, or He'll just do something in my life, if you'll... You know, throughout, throughout my Bible, I'll underline things. And sometimes if the Lord really uh, speaks to us, you know, to me, I'll write the date there by that verse. And, and it's wonderful sometimes to go back as you're reading through and just forget about it maybe. And then read that verse and think, oh yeah, I remember. I remember when I made a commitment to the Lord. And then what's wonderful is to remember when you made that commitment to the Lord and then look back and see what the Lord has done since then because of it. Because of the decision that we make. Listen, the purpose of this message uh, will have the most effect is if we make a commitment. It, it's not just the here and now at, at church and the service. It is the commitment to say, listen... From this day forward, Lord, I'm seeking you first. From this day forward, I, 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 I would be crazy to try to tell you what God has and the work that he has for you. Uh, but I do know this for a fact, that he does have a work for all of us people. I do know that. And so for you to say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Lord, I don't know what you do. I don't know what, how you could do it. But God, I, I, here I am. I, today, what is it? December 11th, 2016. Maybe I'm recommitting, Lord. Maybe I'm going to refocus right here and now and say, look, look I, there's been a lot of things been pulling my attention away from you, Lord, and your work. And I'm going to put you first. And we'll see what happens with my work when I focus on your work. You say, that's kind of fearful. That's kind of scary to to take my hands off 
to take control off of what I think I need to control. Come on, do we really believe that? I know that in our heart, do we really believe that God can take care of our work better than we can? You say, does that mean that we don't do anything? No, He's calling us to work. We're calling us to trust Him. Calling us to put Him first. Look what He says. He says, verse 19, Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth from this day will I bless you. I, 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 I'm careful because I don't want to come across as that, you know, that TV evangelist that people don't like that says if you give this amount of money, God's going to do ten times that. I'm so careful, and I know that you guys know that I don't think that way. But, the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's been a little while here. <laughs> but but you know you know that I don't I'm not saying that. But 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 there's a danger in them thinking that my goodness, God can bless our socks off when we surrender our lives to Him. And blessing isn't always just in money and yeah, financial things. But He really can. I mean. And I, I would be doing a disservice to not talk about if we surrender. And listen, my own personal life, every time I thought that I was sacrificing something for the Lord, every time I did, there's been a few times that I thought I was giving something up to serve the Lord. And when I look back on it, I gained so much yeah, more. You did. I do. And, and so the, 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 the message is you may be a little fearful to say, listen, I'm going to let control of this. I'm not giving up on what God's called me to do. My home, that's my God-given responsibility. My career, that's my God-given responsibility. But, but, I'm, but I'm focusing on the Lord first. And then let me see what He can do with my home, with my family, with my career, with my job, with my business, with my finances, with my whatever it is that we think that we are going to control he says, where's the seed? He's, the Lord says, from this day forward, I will bless you. That's what he said. From this day forward. From what day forward? From the day that they wrote down that they were committed to the Lord and they were going to get back to the Lord's work. The Lord said, from this day forward, I will bless you. The final point, Haggai chapter 2 and verse 23 this got me really excited. I've not, I've not seen it like this before. Haggai chapter 2, verse 23. And that day, saith the Lord of hosts, I will take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shethiel, saith the Lord, and will make thee a signet. For I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. You know what the Lord was saying? From this day forward, I'm going to put my imprint on you. You say, what is a signet? Well, in those days, a signet was something that they would take that wax, that hot wax, and someone would take their signet and they would stamp it, right? And so this was a legal binding document, an article, a document. This this signet made it uh, legal. It made it... Uh, authentic. 
You know what the Lord's saying? I'll make you an authentic Christian. I'll make you an authentic. I'll make you, I'll make you mine, legally binding mine through my spirit. You know what a signet does? A signet, it, 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 it's pressed onto that hot wax and it leaves an impression. And what they call that impression once it's done, they call it a seal. It's been sealed. You know, we even still use that term, although it's not the same way that they would then. But you know what we are? We are the image of Christ. He has sealed us. And if we allow Him to, He will impress His image on us. When, we, when people see us, you know what we really want them to see? Truly, we don't want them to see us. We want them to see Christ in us. We want them to see Christ in us. He, he, he takes this Old Testament truth about putting the signet, putting his seal on them, and he tells us about it in Ephesians, the New, the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, he says, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, so you heard the gospel, then you believed it, you received it. There's a lot of people that have heard the gospel that have not received the gospel, right? But he said, you heard the gospel, you believed it, you received it. Then he says this, and you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You know what the Holy Spirit does to us? He seals us. We, we've talked about this uh, several times, but you know what the sanctification process is? It's, it's, it's God's image being pressed onto us. And it's done through the work of the Holy Spirit. You know what we need to do? Have soft hearts. Soft hearts. So that that signet, so that signet, so that that image can be pressed into us easily. <coughs> Unlike the people that heard Jeremiah's message. Jeremiah says, turn to the Lord. Follow the Lord. Give yourself up to the Lord. You, you know what? Oh, I could go on. You know why they were going into? You know why they were going into captivity for seventy years? You know the, the seventy years is significant. Is because they had not been honoring God with their Sabbaths. The people are hard-hearted. They had not been putting God first, and so he said, "Okay, you won't do it that way. I'll take it my way." He says, "Take you out of here, and the land will set dormant." Seventy years. So the, the message is do it God's way. That's far better, the easier way. So have that soft heart to say, Lord, impress your image on me. Lord, impress yourself in me. Lord, help me be more like you. He says in Ephesians 4:30, he said, And you are sealed by the Holy, this Holy Spirit until the day. Of redemption. You know what we have as New Testament Christians? We have security in Christ. That God's seal, He has sealed us until the day of redemption. We have that promise of salvation uh, that uh, He has given us, and He has given us the grace and the ability to be able to serve Him, to live for Him. And so, in closing, as we look at Haggai's message to the people, how do we look at it? To ourselves, how do we look at it? Hey, where's our priorities been? It's always good to, from time to time to get stirred up 
about what the Lord is doing. What the Lord is trying to do and say, listen, Lord, I'm going to put what I have on priority on the back burner and begin to seek after you. I'm willing to surrender to your work. I'm willing to even today, this would be the wonderful part, is even today someone says, this is what the Lord's been impressing impressing upon my heart. This is what the Lord's been telling me to do. So today, I'm going to write this date down. And from this day forward, I'm going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, He said, we will serve the Lord. Allow God's Holy Spirit and His promises to impress us, to realize that we're secure forever. Think of the reaction to the message. Don't be like the people before the captivity. Be like the people after to say, okay, yeah, we've been, we've been doing wrong. Okay, yeah, my priorities haven't been straight, but Lord, I'm willing now to, from this day forward, don't think about the past. From this day forward, Lord, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to follow you. And from this day forward, we can expect the blessings of the Lord in our life. Let's pray. God, as we come before you, Lord, we, we believe you. We believe your word. God, we believe that you can make all the difference in our lives. And Lord, there's so many temptations uh, for us to be uh, sidetracked from eternal business, eternal work, to be caught up in the things of this world, and uh, Lord, good things. But God, we don't want to just go through this life uh, consuming it upon ourselves for our own good, but God, we want to lay up treasures in heaven. So Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us as we soften our heart toward you, that you would just give us uh, direction for the work that you'd have for each of us. Lord, that we would be about uh, preaching your gospel, getting it out uh, to, the, to the world, telling our friends, neighbors, co-workers, Lord, uh, just doing whatever you've called us to do, building up your church, uh, the bride of Lord, we love you, and um, Lord, we do thank you for this uh, this passage that you've given us in your word, and each Christian is here today. God draws close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs>